This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. In today's high-tech world, algorithms are shaping our decisions on a daily basis. But are there risks in giving artificial intelligence so much control over our lives? They drive over a third of the product choices we make on Amazon. On Netflix, nearly 80% of our viewing activity is driven by these recommendation algorithms. Then... A leading psychology expert says that bias occurs naturally in everyone. It comes into play even when we try treating others equally. The beliefs and feelings we have about social groups that can influence our decision-making and our actions, even when we're not aware of it. Those two stories and more are coming your way on this week's show. Stay with us. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. If you use Facebook, Google, or Amazon, you've experienced algorithms making decisions for you behind the scenes. But are we allowing the algorithms too much control? Our next guest is an expert on the topic. He's Kartik Hosaniger, professor at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania, and author of A Human's Guide to Machine Intelligence, How Algorithms Are Shaping Our Lives and How We Can Stay in Control. Kartik, give us a couple of examples of decisions that algorithms might make for us on a typical day. Well, Chris, algorithms are all around us. We're used to recommendations on Amazon. People who bought this also bought this. They drive over a third of the product choices we make on Amazon. On Netflix, Nearly 80% of our viewing activity is driven by these recommendation algorithms on Netflix. They're at the workplace. For example, recruiters consult algorithms to figure out which applicants to invite for job interviews. Bankers use algorithms to figure out which mortgage applications to approve and the interest rate to charge. They're even making life and death decisions. So, for example, they're used in courtrooms in the U.S. where judges and parole officers consult algorithms that predict the likelihood that a defendant will re-offend and they use that to make bail and sentencing decisions. Doctors consult them as well to make treatment decisions. So they're really all around us. If we were to take those examples to extremes, what kind of examples might be made for us without our control in the future? Well, there are many cases where these systems are making decisions for us or about us, and mostly this is a good thing because they are really simplifying decision-making for us. But we've seen recently that they can indeed go wrong. So, for example, in 2016, ProPublica did an analysis that showed that algorithms used in courtrooms had a race bias. Similarly, Amazon found that an algorithm they were using to shortlist job applicants had a gender bias. And we know in 2016, Facebook replaced human editors with an algorithm to curate trending news stories, and that ended up circulating a lot of fake news. There was this crash of the Boeing airplane, and at the end of the day, this was an autopilot algorithm that failed, and humans didn't know how to take control. The issue here is that we need to have checks and balances so when they fail, we know how to take back control and we know how to avoid serious damage. 
would you say that people don't really trust algorithms, even though they seem to be sort of running our lives in the background, but people maybe don't have faith that they're getting the right decisions made for them? When we trust human decision makers and they fail, we are a bit more forgiving of those decision makers because we kind of treat this as human limitations. But when it comes to algorithms, we trust them a lot. But once we see them fail, we are less likely to trust them. Also, I think our trust in the algorithms goes up if we have some control over those algorithms. You know, in a setting like Amazon and Netflix making recommendations, well, they often go wrong. They often make poor recommendations, but we are okay with that because we have control. We can reject the poor ones. But when an autopilot system has a crash or a driverless vehicle has a crash, I think the implications are different because these are autonomous systems. And so trust takes on a whole new dimension when we don't have that control. And we also don't have transparency with regard to how these algorithms work, why they make the choices they make. And these factors are very important to driving trust. We're talking with Kartik Hosaniger, a professor at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania and author of A Human's Guide to Machine Intelligence, How Algorithms Are Shaping Our Lives and How We Can Stay in Control. Professor, when we sign up to use a website or a, you know, a web application, usually they have terms and conditions, which are pages and pages of fine print, and I don't think anybody reads those. Right. Are we pretty much losing our rights in this whole use of algorithms? How can people retain some personal rights in these situations? Yeah, we are losing a lot of control and a lot of our rights. We don't know most of the fine print and those specify many important aspects you know what kind of data are being collected about us what are they doing with the data who might they be sharing that data with whether we have the right to look at the data whether we have the right to ask for deletion of the data if we are not happy with what they've collected about us and so on and those things are all hidden in fine print and most of us don't know about it i think in terms of taking back control Certainly, we are dealing with large, powerful corporations where, you know, they're often completely dominant in their market. So it's not even like we have other choices. But at the same time, I think we have some level of control through, I'm going to say, education, votes and dollars. Education is all about let's not be as passive when we use technology. Let's be more deliberate about understanding how these systems are changing decisions we make or others make for or about us. And that's an important consideration. Most of us don't even realize, you know, how these systems work, even at a very high level or, you know, how are they making decisions for us? And I think that education is important because if we are informed, we can push back. And history shows that firms do comply. So if you look at Facebook, for example, they recently announced they're going to encrypt our messages. They announced that you know, we can have messages be short-lived so that a message you posted as a teenager 20 years back doesn't come back to haunt you later. Those kinds of things are happening not because of regulation, but because users pushed back and Facebook finally said, okay, if this is what users want, we need to act. And I think votes are important too. We need our regulators to take this more seriously and look into data sharing and algorithmic decisions and automated decisions more carefully and set a good set of best practices and principles that firms should follow. And that comes by us making sure we're electing the right kinds of representatives 
who understand technology and who will protect us. And lastly, there's voting with your wallet. At the end of the day, we all need to say, you know, there's some line we need to draw. Maybe that line is different for different people, but we kind of say we won't cross that. And so for different people, it's different things. For somebody, it might be that my social media should not be shared. And so if it's being shared, I won't use it. For somebody else, it might be I don't want a speaker in my house or in my bedroom that's potentially listening to me when I'm not aware of it. And those kinds of things. I think are important for us to actively consider before we get deeply immersed with any technology. In seeing the uh, expansion and the growth of the use of algorithms and technology in general, how do you feel about the future? Do you feel good about where we're going or do you have serious concerns? I have I'm going to describe this as guarded optimism at the end of the day I'm not a technology or algorithm skeptic I think they can provide a lot of value and the reason I'm actually ultimately an optimist is that when we have concerns with technology we have to ask what is the alternative and the alternative isn't great the alternative is human decision makers who have all kinds of biases yes we're talking about let's say race bias in a sentencing algorithm or gender bias in a recruiting algorithm or many other kinds of algorithm failures but humans have these biases and algorithms on average are less biased the challenge though and the reason i feel we need to take this issue seriously is that let's say you have a biased judge they affect the lives of 500 people you have a biased recruiter they affect the lives of maybe a few thousand people but a biased algorithm that is used you know in all courtrooms in the US or by large number of companies or in most of the airplanes and driverless cars that can affect millions of lives and so the stakes are much higher with algorithm or automated decisions and so we need to be careful we need to put lots of checks and balances in place we need to establish best practices and hold companies accountable for that and if we do that i think we'll be in a good place but we need to do that now before we lose control The book is A Human's Guide to Machine Intelligence: How Algorithms Are Shaping Our Lives and How We Can Stay in Control. Kartik Hosanagar, the professor at the Wharton School and author of the book, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Chris. Next, is bias hardwired into everyone? That story straight ahead. There's more info track coming up. Stay tuned.